Hello and welcome to the Iowa Hospital Association's podcast, Getting to Know Hospital Leaders. My name is Joa Hogan. Jill Growth is Vice President and Site Administrator of Mercy One Olwine Medical Center in Olwine. She began her leadership role in March of 2020. Before this, Jill was Director of Clinical Operations at Mercy One Olwine Family Medicine and Mercy One Clinics in Fairbank, Arlington, Allison, Tripoli, and Waverly. She also was a Human Resource Director and Assistant Administrator of the Decorah Clinic and Mayo Health System in Decorah. Jill is an active volunteer with Cedar Valley Hospice, her church, and daycare boards. Well, welcome, Jill, and thank you for being on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. Can you tell us how your past positions has prepared you for your current role as president and site administrator of Mercy One Olwine Medical Center? I originally started the employment environment uh, in food service, high school, and uh, I think that type of background, helping people, serving people, customer service. And then uh, as I got older, I was doing some work in the healthcare quality department during my MHA program at the University of Iowa. And then more recently, human resources and clinical operations have uh, assisted in a lot of personnel uh, type experiences and learning about rules and regulations, employment law. And uh, that really, I think, has positioned me to be uh, an advocate for our patients and our employees and providers in the hospital world. So it's a growing uh, experience and every day is a little bit different, um, but that's what I really enjoy about the world of healthcare. Oh yeah. And I really appreciate that you said that your foundation started with a customer service position and how that's carried over. Absolutely. I've had people tell me in the past and it's kind of stuck with me that we are all patients at some point in our lives and our family members and friends are all patients. So I try to approach situations that if I was the patient being served or if I hear about a patient care experience, uh, what would I be thinking if I were in their shoes? And I think a lot of it comes back to that, that service industry approach and the feeling that we are all in that situation at some point, or maybe we're with a loved one and we're there alongside of them, uh, helping them navigate. And that uh, impression that I've had to always reflect on sort of the golden rule in that respect and thinking about if I were the one coming in the doors of my facility as a patient, what would I think and what would I hope for? Oh, I appreciate that very much. Thank you. Can you tell us what projects your organization has coming up? Sure. We are uh, in the midst of quite a bit of telehealth uh, work. So some of it had begun prior to the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, but really it has just been a catalyst to help move some things along and really embrace the experience and uh, help our patients feel safe if they would prefer to stay outside our doors but still receive health care. So one of the uh, projects that is going to really come to fruition that I'm excited about is at Telepsych, where we're going to be able to offer our ED and long-term care floor in Olwine access to a psychiatrist within 
couple hours of the request being made. So if we have patients that would benefit from the psychiatrist's expertise on medications, uh, adjustments, counseling, and uh, admission recommendations, uh, we'll be able to support their needs in a little bit different way uh, without actually having to bring somebody on site, but it'll be through a telehealth connection. And we feel like that will really uh, support their length of stay, uh, give them the best direction possible and offer some expertise that uh, typically we would have to transfer out to be able to receive that same level of service. So that's a big uh, focus, has been throughout COVID-19, will continue to be. Uh, we're also looking at ways that we can offer um, some additional services in uh, our setting. So the convenience factor of things like over-the-counter medications, prescription medications, and access to uh, pharmacy services uh, is a little bit different when you're in a metro area and you may be able to go to the corner store uh, at night or on the weekends, uh, but we're always looking to see what can we offer or have delivered same day uh, in a smaller community like Oline, uh, where we do have all of those same type of needs and really offering that support so uh, people won't have to travel and we can offer our pharmacy support uh, with oversight and that type of thing. So. Uh, just again, thinking about convenience as a as a driver uh, for everybody's benefit. I'm sure the the community really appreciates those efforts. We've gotten lots of support from the community. I think our uh, foundation members and uh, board have been really interested to think about how they can offer uh, their support, you know, financial or otherwise, uh, to offering things in the community that. Uh, people typically would have to get transferred out for. So we've had a lot of good interest and support from uh, those stakeholders in town and uh, the colleagues been open to learning new things with technology and embracing having devices in places that we haven't always had them. So it's a learning curve for everybody when you think about telehealth. Thank you. Can you tell us a little bit about Oline in the surrounding area? It's a great community. Uh, we have around 8,000 people in town. Uh, used to be a, a railroad uh, hub, so uh, that's where its roots have, have come from. Uh, we have great school system there and uh, industries that have relocated. Um, there's been some significant growth and some factories that have been added recently, so that's been a real plus. We do occupational medicine services at the Olin Hospital as well. So we've been fortunate to be able to partner with them for pre-employment and work comp type things. Uh, it's in Fayette County and uh, we enjoy the, the rural environment, uh, but we're about 45 minutes away from the Waterloo Cedar Falls uh, vicinity. And that's where our sister hospitals are located as well. So we have good partnership with them. And uh, that's been a real asset during the pandemic. Jill, can you tell us when you were a young person, what job or career did you want to do? I uh, have always been interested in healthcare. I've explored the sciences in school and, and enjoyed that. So I knew something in the science realm uh, would be up my alley. And uh, just through different experiences that I've had, uh, shadowing and uh, getting to know people, I thought, the administrative route uh, would give me an overview of lots of different things and be able to support our providers and nurses. So 
I wasn't sure exactly uh, where I would end up, but uh, in, enjoy the variety and uh, the healthcare environment is always changing. So I feel like uh, where I started in my career and how it's evolved has kind of been uh, a journey, but it's been definitely one of, of interest and I enjoy that get to do a lot of different things and meet a lot of great people. And can you tell us what do you like to do on your downtime or do you have any hobbies to speak of? Sure. I uh, enjoy my family time. I have a couple daughters. Uh, One is 15 and an 11 year old. Uh, We have two Cavapoos as well. Um, My husband teaches eighth grade and uh, we enjoy a lot of family outdoor time. I love to read and I always have a a stack of books on my nightstand. Uh, Love to cook and travel. My uh, family keeps me pretty busy. I can imagine. And you said you enjoy reading. Is there a certain style of book you like to read or just a variety? Sure. I really enjoy variety. Uh, Sometimes I, you know, will steer towards the leadership development kind of work related stuff and there's been a few books, actually, I was at an IHA convention a couple of years ago, and Marty McCary was a guest speaker. And uh, at that time, he had written the book Unaccountable and signed a copy of it there at the conference. And that was a great introduction to him. And he's come out with some additional books that I would highly recommend. Um, and there's one called Mama Maggie. That's a non-healthcare book, but talks about sort of a modern day Mother Teresa so I would make a plug for uh, any of his writings. And I appreciate IHA giving me a chance to meet him personally. Um, then I also like to have, you know, fun reading too. I enjoy historical fiction. Can you tell us what is the best advice you've ever been given? I don't recall exactly who may have shared it, but it's one piece that I know when I remember um, to reflect on it, it, it's always served me well. And it's basically practicing the pause And the concept is such that we're inundated with information, whether it be, you know, our our computers, our phones, phone calls, things like that. And a lot of times as leaders, we're expected to have a quick answer or be able to solve something or get to a resolution. And a lot of times there's more to a story or more to a situation than that just initially meets the eye. And the concept around practicing the pause really encourages slowing down and getting all the facts, asking questions, getting other people's thoughts or opinions about a circumstance before responding and giving yourself the patience and the grace to feel like I don't have to maybe uh, resolve this in this exact moment because uh, the quality of what will probably you know, come from that will be uh, better and, you know, works against my intuition because when I have something that I, I want to, you know, address or respond with, I always do better if I think about, okay, practicing the pause, getting more facts, understanding a bigger picture and uh, just talking to, you know, more people about something to get their opinions as well. So, Uh, Especially during COVID, we've had a lot of information thrown at us, and sometimes it may change pretty quickly. And that was a test for that type of guidance, you know, practicing the pause when things are kind of in a rapid speed 
as well. But I feel like when we do that, especially as leaders, we give better support to those that are dependent upon our recommendations and our guidance. And uh, the, the time is definitely a, a good investment. That's a great piece of advice for sure. Can you tell us a, a life lesson that COVID-19 has taught you? I reflect back on some of those days that kind of felt like Groundhog Day, to be honest. And uh, my family was all at home and doing remote learning. And I was the only one, you know, for weeks or months, it seems like that was really getting out and doing my regular work and Zoom things were going on, you know, birthday parties and events were changed or more remote. And uh, like everybody, we were missing our routines and missing that contact with others that are special to us and sort of ongoing feeling of, you know, kind of dread of loss and things like that. And I really resonated around the idea that I've got to help my work colleagues and my uh, family at home recognize things to be grateful for. So I would intentionally ask them, you know, at supper at night or at some point, um, you know, in the evening, what are you grateful for today? And really make everybody think about what's at least one thing or a couple things that we all can name um, that are different from each other's uh, that we're grateful for in that day. And uh, that has been something that has kind of stayed with us. And we have a, a tradition now that uh, over Thanksgiving, I had a, a pumpkin saved from Halloween and we got out uh, markers and we write on the pumpkin, what are things that we're grateful for? And we call it our gratitude pumpkin. It's just sort of an intentional focused event, especially with the kids to really help them think about all the blessings that we have and all the, the hopeful things that we look forward to. And I think during the pandemic, that was especially important to do because there were uh, days that we might not be in that mindset, but to really take that sense of, I need to just pause and think about all the, the blessings and all the things that are, you know, going well and that are wonderful about the day. Uh, it's been something that I, I try to carry into work and, you know, in our reflections and uh, recognitions at work, talk about, you know, people and situations that I'm grateful for and commend them for different things that I see them doing throughout their work day too. So I think the intentional sense of appreciation and, and finding gratitude in those days and moments has been a takeaway for me for kind of post COVID-19. I, I hope we can continue that uh, focus, you know, going forward. Well, I want to thank you very much, Jill Growth, Vice President, Site Administrator of Mercy One Oline Medical Center, for being on the podcast today and sharing with us. Thank you so much. This podcast has been an opportunity to get to know Iowa hospital leaders. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for another episode next month.